Alright, Ephesians chapter 4, and I want you to notice what it says in verse 21. If so be that ye have heard Him and have been taught by Him as the truth is in Jesus, that ye put off concerning the former conversation the old man which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that ye may put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness wherefore putting away lying speak every man truth to his neighbor for we are members one of another and I want to really pick up where kind of where we left off this morning this morning we talked about bad spirits that affect Christian. I showed you how the word spirit, there's 21 different definitions of it in the Webster's 1828 dictionary. We are not always referring to demonic entities when we talk about a spirit. And everybody in here has a spirit. Some people have a bad spirit. Some of you might have a good spirit. And just like uh, we understand good spirits aren't necessarily something that you get possessed with. You know, like they are some you know, angelic entities that enter inside of you. But understand that just like there's bad spirits, there's good spirits. And we ought, as Christians, we ought to want to be affected by the good spirits. We should do what we need to do to um, cause good spirits to become a part of who we are. And again, please don't make me re-preach a lot of this stuff this morning. I think you understand we're not talking about, you know, supernatural entities, but basically a mindset. And there are some mindsets that God wants us to have, or spirits is the term that the Bible uses, that we ought to have as Christians, and we're not just going to naturally have these things. I get very aggravated when Christians, you know, they make excuses for their disobedience by saying, well, this is just my personality. You know, so I am exempt, you know, I'm exempt from giving the gospel to people because I'm shy. Well, you know what? You need to get over that and you need to get possessed with the spirit of power. You need to get possessed with, you know, the spirit uh, you know, of love and of a sound mind. You need to get these spirits that God wants you to have to be victorious, a spirit of boldness, you know, a spirit of obedience, and then just go and do it anyway. doesn't matter that you're bashful. You don't, you don't get to exempt yourself from certain things just because of a personality that you have. You need to get over that. And so here in this passage in Ephesians 4, notice how he's talking about putting off that former conversation and referring to that old man, that carnal man, and he tells them to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. So if I'm going to put off this old man, we see that's something we've got to do every day. Every day, I've got to be determined, all right, I've still got this flesh, it's still going to be tempted to sin, and I've got to renew my mind. I've got to get my mindset reset to be more of a spiritually minded person, and I'm going to have I'm going to have to do things I need to do. And again, I hope you all take this the right way, you know. And I'm I'm going to use worldly terms you can say to kind of help illustrate this. But you know, just like we often warn people. Don't mess, you know, and if I was preaching tonight about getting possessed with demonic spirits, y'all be paying way more attention. Y'all would be way more in tune to this. And we're going to get to some of that if you learn some of this stuff. All right? I'm going to spend as much time as we need to on this stuff. So get it quick and I'll get to the spooky spirits. All right. We'll talk about head spinning, projectile vomiting and all that kind of stuff. You know, we'll, we'll get to that stuff. But, you know, just like you wouldn't go messing with Ouija boards. You wouldn't go messing with crystal balls or you wouldn't go messing with all this because you might get possessed with a devil or something like that. We know some of you, you there's some things you should get involved in. You should surround yourself with so you can get possessed with some good spirits. 
so you can get a good mindset of the kind that God wants us to have because we need to be people who have a good spirit. And so, tonight we're going to focus mainly on these good spirits that we should have as Christians. You're not just going to naturally get these things. Nobody's personality is an excuse not to have these things. If you do not have these spirits in you, if these are not a part of your spirit, you need to work on making them a part of your spirit. We, we have a responsibility to get control in this area and to renew the spirit of our mind. We make sure we keep our mindset right. Otherwise, we're going to get ourselves in trouble and we're going to let the evil spirits take over or the carnal spirits. And we're going to be like we were talking about this morning, all those negative things. Notice what it says in Romans chapter 12. Remember, again, not talking about some beings out there. I'm talking about a mindset. Romans 12, 2 says, And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We're not supposed to be like the world. We will naturally become like the world if we do not renew our mind, if we do not stay focused, if we're not constantly looking to Jesus. He goes on to say, For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. Notice how Paul's telling us how to think. And did you know there's a good way to think and there's a bad way to think? There's right thinking. There's wrong thinking. One of the reasons some people are so negative, one of the reasons some people are so critical is because they're not thinking right. They're looking at everything in the wrong way. Their, their mind is not right on these things. And you know what? Those people typically bring in a really bad spirit in a church. And we don't want that. We do not want you bringing that bad spirit in the church. And you will do that if you're not thinking right. So we've got to, we've got to get our thinking under control. We've got to get our mindset right. You do not want to be a typical millennial Gen Z victim that everybody, everybody's a victim today. And you know what? You're a victim because I'm trying to take away your victim status. And you know, and you're, and, and I'm this terrible person, you know, who's just, you know, I mean, just oppressing you and putting you through all these things and you're a victim of a cult and all those things. And how dare I take away your victim status? When you identify as a victim. Well, you know what? I don't feel sorry for boys who identify as girls and I don't feel sorry for people who've had a great life but identify as victims. You know, you need, you need to just get your mindset right. You need to get over yourself. And so while here in Romans 12, it doesn't use the word spirit, but when it's talking about renewing of the mind, but it is clearly referring to the same thing. The passage is giving us instructions on how to think. So, so we didn't, and this morning we didn't even come close to scratching the surface on negative thinking or bad spirits. I'm hoping you all got the concept. I don't like doing super long series. I just, that's just not how I roll. I, I don't like doing series for a really long time. And so if y'all are acting like you're getting this, you know, we can do this in a few messages. And, but, you know, at the same time, I do want to make sure we get this. And, and hopefully though, we gave you enough. Hopefully we'll give you enough tonight that you will be able to recognize bad spirits that might be going on in your mind, that you might have in your head. And tonight, But tonight, I want us to focus on the good because you can't just get rid of bad spirits. You have to replace them with good ones. Remember that story Jesus told about the guy who has the devil cast out and then they went and go and get seven more. You know, worse than him. You can't just decide, 
I'm not going to be negative. I'm not going to think negative. All right, I've just decided I'm putting away all negativity and you quit watching the news. You know, you quit listening to talk radio, all that kind of stuff. I just can't handle all the negativity. But you're going to have to replace it with something. And if you don't replace it with something positive, you're going to go right back to the negative. Too many people, their Christianity is, I'm going to quit doing this and I'm going to quit doing that, but they don't start doing something good to replace it. If you don't replace it with something good, you're going to eventually go right back to that thing because you got to, you, you, you do all those bad things trying to fill an emptiness. But what you've got to learn to do is fill that emptiness with something good. And it's the same thing when it comes to these bad spirits. If you just get rid of the bad spirits, but you don't replace them with the good ones, you're going to eventually have them right back. So you've got to, it's just as important that you get tonight's message as this morning's. Because if you get to just this morning's message, you might do good for a week or two or maybe a month, but eventually you'll be right back where you were before. If you get tonight's, that can help you stay in a good situation as long as you constantly renew the mind. And so the first, uh, the first spirit I want us to, that we should have, and this right here deserves a whole message. When I, when I was looking at this, I thought, man, this really deserves a whole message, but I'm not going to spend a lot of time. But how about the spirit of adoption? Okay, the spirit of adoption. Now, turn to Romans chapter 8. This is a really great concept when you really think about it. But it says in Romans 8, and I wish I had time to preach through all of, of Romans 8, but we all understand the law condemns us, doesn't it? I mean, when it comes to the law, we are doomed. Thank God for grace. Thank God that salvation is not about works. Thank God that our even our relationship with Christ it's not just about the law because we're not keeping the law. I mean, we, you know, we, we need grace every single day. But because God has given us grace, because of salvation, because of the blood of Christ, God's able to give us grace without compromising on His holiness. And so now we can operate not in our worship. We're not operating in fear. I don't think anybody in here, well, I don't think we should be irreverent. Nobody is fearing dropping dead tonight if you don't worship right. You know, if we sing a song that's a little too contemporary, I don't think we're all going to fall over dead. You know, at the end of the day, as long as, you know, our heart's right, even if we don't get something technically right, grace will step in and it'll take care of us. And we can sing to the Lord. We can sing from the heart like children. And so in Romans 8, 12, he's saying, therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. We don't owe our flesh anything. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. We're, the, the things of the flesh, the things of the law will condemn us every time. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage. Many people today in their churches are doing good things, but in the spirit of bondage. Because they feel like, this is what I have to do for some churches. This is what I have to do to go to heaven. But did you know, even in a Baptist church where we don't believe in the salvations by works, there are some people that might be doing the right thing in the spirit of bondage. Like, well, if I don't, you know, if I don't show up for church, they're going to kick me out of the church. You know, if I don't do this or if I, if I commit this sin, if I wear this item, these, everybody in the church is going to hate me. I'm going to have this condemnation. And you can have it where 
there's a lot of Baptist churches where they've got good rules, they've got good standards, but everyone's doing them for the wrong reason. Nobody's doing it, you know, for God. Nobody's doing it with the spirit of adoption. They're doing it in the spirit of bondage. They don't even believe it. They don't even believe half the things they're doing. That's one of the things that's making the IFB look bad is we've got a lot of people in the IFB preaching IFB stuff, doing IFB stuff, and they don't even really believe it. You know what? You know what you're doing when you do that? You're promoting a spirit of bondage. But let me tell you, there's also people in the IFB world who are doing the exact same things. They're singing the same hymns. They're using the same King James Bible. They look the same. They act the same. They smell the same. All those things. But they're doing what they're doing out of love for God because they believe that's what pleases Him. And those people are doing things not with the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. And so this, so this spirit deserves a whole message, but I want, I want us to just kind of briefly look at this. Because what is it talking about when it refers to the spirit or mindset of adoption? And again, the law is scary. The wages of sin is death. It condemns. It has no mercy. It's so holy that it gives man who is born in sin zero hope. That's what the law does. And if I'm under the law, I have every reason to fear hell and condemnation. But the spirit of adoption, it's a mindset that understands we're no longer under the law but under a God that is just and holy, but who's also full of love and mercy. It causes us to have a relationship like a child does with their father. Listen, kids, they, they have no problem. Okay? And, you know, and, and I hope you all can get a hold of this. We take these things for granted because we've never been under the law. We were, we were never a part of the Old Testament things. But folks, cleanliness, all that stuff, it was so important because... We are offensive to a holy God in our sinful condition. But just like you as a parent, your little kids, they have no problem coming up to you and sitting on your lap when they stink with a dirty diaper. They have no problem with that. Now listen, a dirty diaper, it's gross and it's offensive to my nose. And you know, I don't, I don't like that kind of thing. But kids, they have no problem coming to you as a parent. They're not worried about the fact that they stink or anything like that. You know, they, your mom and dad, you love them unconditionally. And, and you, and what do mom and dad do? You know, we'll take them. And, you know, we, you know, we don't just say, you know, get out of here, get out of the house until you stop smelling or anything like that. No, you take them and you clean them up. You know, you take them, you know, you change their diaper. You do, you do what you have to do as a parent because you love them. But, you know, kids, they're not sitting around worried. Is mom and dad going to throw me out of the house today? That's just not how it is. They have no problem asking for your food. They have no problem coming and eating off your plate. That's how it is with little kids, isn't it? They do. Just anything that's mom and dad's, they think, that's mine too. Isn't that their attitude? And God wants us to be that way with Him. God wants us to have that closeness with Him. And folks, we can approach the throne of grace boldly. We can come to Him and we can find mercy and help in time of need. You know why? Because we have that spirit of adoption. So when... You know, even as an adult, even somebody who I'm not a spiritual babe, you know, I'm, I'm a mature Christian, but you know, even when it comes to, you know, when, when I come to church, when I'm up here preaching, when I'm doing all these things, I'm doing things, you know, from my heart the best I can, but I'm not worried about 
a list of things I could be violating where God's just going to strike me down and like consume me with, you know, like he did Nadab and Abihu. I'm not worried about that thing. I have a comfort with God and I'm able to do things from the heart. I'm able to do things with joy. And that's what God wants from us. God wants us to have that spirit of adoption or that mindset that understands God loves us. We children have no fear approaching their father when they have need. Now, children have a certain level of fear when they're doing something they know that will get them chastened. You know, and every kid should have that. But even when, you know, even when your kid busts you, I don't know if any of your kids have ever done this before, but have you ever had one of your kids when you caught them in the act of doing something they knew they weren't supposed to do and then they just try to give you a hug or something? You know, you know, obviously, you know, obviously, so there's a fear there, but yet they still, they, they, they're not afraid to come hug you or anything like that. And that's how we ought to be with God. You know, whenever we realize, man, I'm busted, I'm in trouble, we ought to go to him for mercy because he is a merciful God and he wants us to be that way with him. And so if we have a spirit of adoption in the church, we will have people who follow the leading of the Holy Spirit doing whatever they can not to please their flesh but their heavenly father who they love. And so, you know, with, with my kids, even my young ones, you know, they do. There's a desire to please daddy. Obviously, you know, Kelly and Hannah, I mean, good night, folks. I, I, I'm not going to get away with anything here, but, you know, they have their bad moments, don't they? But at the same time, too, there's clearly a desire there to please daddy. And that's why, you know, a lot of times when I get home, Hannah knows I don't like that she still has a pacifier. And she'll see me and she'll just like take it out and hand it to me, you know, and because she just, she wants to please daddy. But there's a certain times when she's thinking more about Hannah, like when she goes to bed and she wants that passy then really bad. But, you know, and, and we're, we're the same way. It's real easy for us to just kind of get our focus off God and to get carnal and to start giving ourselves what we want. But you know what? There's something inside us too. As children of God, we want to please God. And if there's something that we know God's not pleased with, when we're close to God, when we're trying to have communion with God, you know what we're going to do? We're going to, we're going to throw those things out. We're going to keep those things away. And that's what, that's the kind of relationship we ought to have with God. That's, that's the best way, uh, for us to be doing the right things, doing it with that spirit of adoption. And if we have that spirit in our church, it's going to be good. We're going to have people trying to please God. We're not going to have a bunch of people in the church trying to one up each other. You know, with their standards or whatever they do, their church attendance. If we, if we have this spirit in our church, whenever one of our brothers or sisters mess up, we're going to want to see them restored in fellowship to the Father. We'll know, and we'll know enough about our Father to know that He will restore them if they repent. But if we have that spirit of the law, we're going to be wanting to throw stones. That's what we're going to want to do. You know, we're going to be one of those churches when people get thrown out, we're all cheering and celebrating. Instead of crying about it. And that's not, that's not good. Salvation gives us what we actually need to be successful. And if it gives us a renewed spirit and desire to be right, it says in Romans 7, 6, but now are we delivered from the law that being dead wherein we were held, that we should serve in newness of spirit and not in oldness of letter. Some people in churches today are serving things because I read in black words on white paper this and this is the penalty and I'm looking for anybody in the church that doesn't follow this and we are going to, I'm going to make sure the pastor nails their hide to the wall. 
No, no, we're not doing things under the oldness of the letter. We're doing it in the newness of the Spirit. Hey, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go... When I look at those Old Testament laws, I'm not looking for an excuse to get out of it and do what a lot of people are doing with grace. I'm going to go to that and it's like, wow, it doesn't look like God's too fond of homosexuality in the Bible. I'm going to make sure I never get involved in any of that junk. You know, I, I can see it. We see all these things that God says are an abomination to him. Hey, I don't think all right, God hates putting away. I don't want to displease God. You know what? I better make sure I have a good relationship with my wife because I don't want to get divorced. That kind of thing. That might be something that your flesh wants sometimes, but God never likes that kind of thing. God doesn't appreciate that. It was never his plan. And so we, we go to the Old Testament not to find out what we have to do to get to heaven, but we do that to learn more about God, to find out what he likes, to find out what he don't, what he doesn't like. And again, if we fall short somewhere, God's not going to kill us. He's not going to cast us into hell or anything like that. But when you do, when you have that spirit of adoption, you want to please your heavenly father. And that's what we need in our churches is we need people who love the Lord. And if people love the Lord, they're not going to have any problem doing the commandments of God. If you love me, keep my commandments. That's what, that's what the Bible says. So, um, the salvation gives us that renewed spirit. It also gives us the grace we need to help make up for all the areas where we always come short. Because what is it that the trendies do? What is it that the, the demented grace crowd does? Whenever a preacher gets up and he preaches something from the Bible... Hey, look here in the Old Testament, what God said about whatever. All right, you know, Deuteron- everybody hates Deuteronomy 22.5. Everybody, oh man, they hate that. But whenever you bring that up, well, you know, what does it say there about the bird's nest? You know, you know, last time you saw a bird's nest, did you put it back up in the tree? Uh, what, what, what are they trying to do there? They're trying to show where you still come short of God's law. Well, hey, Nobody ever claimed we didn't. Nobody ever claimed that we're keeping all the law of God. But, you know, now that you mention that, maybe next time I do see a bird's nest laying on, I might just go pick it up and put it up in a tree because it looks like God cares about that kind of thing. I mean, folks, hey, if, you know, I think you should probably do that. Now, I doubt I'm going to preach a whole sermon one of these days just letting you all have it for leaving them bird's nests laying around. You know? I doubt I'm going to preach, you know, you, you know, some of your, the boys in the church that probably took the eggs out and, you know, threw them, broke them and stuff like that. You know, I mean, I'm probably not going to devote a whole sermon to that. I mean, God did call one thing an abomination, another, he didn't even put a penalty on it, you know, but I mean, at the same, hey, if you want to compare, you know, the bird's nest thing to Romans 8 or Leviticus 1828, I, I mean, I don't know what to tell you about that. But again, we're not trying to prove or keep in the law. We're just looking at these things like, wow, God cares about that. Okay, I'll, I'll do something about that because I want to please God. So that's a very important thing. Another spirit that we ought to be trying to have and get is that spirit of holiness. The spirit of holiness. What does it say in, in Romans 1.1? 1, 1? It says, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God, which he had promised afore by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, concerning His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh and declared to be the Son of God with power according to the Spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. So notice that Spirit of holiness that it mentions right there. Now, we're not talking about the Spirit of being holier than thou. Okay? We're not talking about you know you just walking around all pious and with a halo 
over your head, just singing holy, holy, holy all the time, but you're in reality singing about yourself, okay? No, that's not what we're talking about. You have a, a, but a, it's talking about a mindset of who we are in Christ. And when we are focused on who we are in Christ, it will affect your behavior. Because we all have flesh. We all often desire things that are sinful. But when we remember who we are in Christ, it motivates us to put off those things and to go forward doing right. It reminds us that we can put off those things. Okay? Yeah, I get it. I get it. According to the letter of the law, I'm a dirty, rotten sinner. Guilty. I, I get that. But because of, because of grace, because of the blood of Christ, He's cleansed me. He's holy. I have imputed righteousness. I'm an ambassador for Christ. I, I've been made a new creature in Christ. My sins are not imputed unto me. Now, I'm going to be a, I'm, I'm a pretty rotten person if I'm just going to take advantage of that and think, well, you know what? I got imputed righteousness. So you know what? I'm going to go shoplift at the gas station across the street. And if somebody tries to call me a thief, I'm going to be like, well, you know what? You're just saying the blood of Christ can't cleanse theft. I have imputed righteousness. So you know what you're doing? While you're condemning me, you're rightly condemning Jesus. No, that's not, that's not how that works. Okay, that's, not, that's not what we're supposed to do. What, I'm, what, I'm, what I should do as a Christian is that understanding of what God has done for me should give me that spirit of thankfulness, that spirit of power, that, a, a victorious spirit. It should give me an attitude that, you know what? We are more than conquerors through Christ. If He could conquer my sin for me, if He could wash those things away, if He could give me that imputed righteousness, you know what? I think I can keep myself from stealing a candy bar at the gas station. I think, you know what? I think if I've got the Holy Spirit in me, if I'm a new creature in Christ... I'll bet I can stop myself from watching that dirty movie. I don't have to look at that. I don't have to look at that pornography. I don't have to watch that filth in the television. You know what? I think if God's done all these things, I think I can control my mouth. I don't think I have to use filthy language. I'm not saying that you're never going to mess up. But you know what? If you will renew your mind and you'll have that spirit of holiness, understanding what Jesus Christ did for you, it will help you to be victorious in these areas. It's like, you know what? I don't have to sin. Okay, yeah, I'm mad right now and I want to blow my top and lose my temper, but I don't have to. I have the Holy Spirit. If I walk in the Spirit, I won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. When you understand all the things that we have going for us, you understand you have no excuse. And let me tell you something. When it comes to a lot of this goofiness that we'll probably talk about later that's being promoted in these churches today where they're talking about even Christians being demon-possessed and stuff like that, let me tell you what that stuff is. That's people trying to make an excuse for their sin and trying to make it not their fault. That's what it's all about. Half of these teenagers, they grow up in church and they get saved every year at the youth conference. The only reason they're doing that is they're trying, they don't want to take responsibility for the fact that they are constantly just giving their dirty flesh whatever it desires. And they just want to be able to say, well, I just wasn't saved then. That's why I did that. No. you were. Pro hey, listen, if you believed on Christ, you were already saved. But you know what? You still have rotten flesh. And if you walk in the flesh, you're going to fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now, you know what you need to do? Take responsibility. Admit you're a sorry Christian. Admit you, you're disobedient to God. Admit you're not walking in the Spirit. And stop going and getting saved every year thinking that's going to make you not want to sin anymore. And just how about you actually have to put on the Spirit of Holiness? 
You know what? I'm telling you right now, I don't care if you're saved. If you're watching filth on television all the time, if you're hanging around bad people, if you got bad communication, you're going to do bad stuff. I don't, I don't care how saved you are. If you are surrounding yourself with all those bad spirits, guess what? You're going to have a bad spirit too. You're not, and you're not going to have the spirit of holiness. You're not going to have the spirit of adoption. We have to put these things on. But you know what? You know, this is Gen Z. This is the millennial generation. And I'm going to keep criticizing these people, man, because I'm, I'm turning into one of those old dudes that's like, oh, you know, in my generation, you know, and just, you know, creaming the next generation and stuff like that. But I, I'm just sick of this defeatist attitude. I think, I think it's pathetic. And it goes into the next spirit. Look what it says in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12. Now, listen, even, did you know even a Gen Zer can have this next spirit? Even a millennial? Okay, you millennials are the biggest victims of all, too. Okay? You know, and at least Gen Zers are pathetic, but they think they're awesome. You know, millennials, what, the one thing they have going for them, they're pathetic and they know it. But it's just not their fault. I even watched a video one time about how the, basically like the millennials are the worst generation ever, but it's not their fault. And it's like, that's why they stink so bad. Nothing is ever their fault. They've never learned to take responsibility for anything. But folks, even a millennial can have this next spirit if you're saved. But First Peter 4.12, it says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you. Millennials think that you know, nothing bad ever happened to any of the previous generations. You know, they all hate the boomers and stuff for the, gener- the generation before that, you know, that made it through the Depression, you know, World War II, you know, the, the, you know all kinds of things. But then, you know, they, I mean, I got to stop going off on these people. You know, there was a generation that survived the uh, Spanish flu. And then look at our generation, how it melted down with COVID. Not even close to as bad as the Spanish flu, but we're, we're the bigger victims. I mean, folks, in, back in the Civil War era, I mean, you had just, how many people died in the Civil War? But you know what? Our generation has something so much worse than anything that ever happened in the Civil War. So much worse than what happened in the Holocaust. We have January 6th. Okay? And that, that, do you realize how pathetic this generation is? I mean, folks, it's just, it's pathetic. You need to get to the Scripture. But rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when His glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye, for the Spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. On their part is evil spoken of, but on your part He is glorified. Notice the Spirit of glory. Let me tell you, what would, what would be the opposite of an exorcism? All right, you know, exorcism, you're casting a demon out of somebody. So what would it be an intercism? All right, every millennial, okay, we need to, maybe Greg Locke will be able to figure out how to do this since he thinks he's like the new, you know, exorcism expert and I am being very sarcastic. But maybe we need to ask Greg Locke how to do an intercism with these people and what he needs to do is he needs to take the millennial generation and he needs to start casting the spirit of glory into them. Okay, if he learns how to do that, I'll go watch that documentary. Uh, but because let me tell you, we need the spirit of glory in us. And glory, that word, that can be referring to honor, praise, or worship. And, and so a good example, 
If you want to know what the spirit of glory looks like, here's what the spirit of glory looks like. Remember Paul and Silas after they were beaten and after they were thrown in prison? What did they do? They sang praises. They still had the spirit of glory even after being beaten, even after suffering shame. They had the spirit of glory. Our generation, we have the spirit of defeatism, you know, when the government's giving us checks and all these things, you know, and we're still victims. You know, that, that's our attitude. Folks, we don't have the spirit of glory today. And why not? I mean, we're saved. We're on our way to heaven. We have imputed righteousness. We have all these things going for us. I mean, folks, the things that, I mean, the, the people that I come across today who are just, I mean, depressed, who are having all these anxiety issues and just mental issues, and you look at their life and it's like, You've got a nice house. You've got a great family. You've got healthy kids. I mean, you, you do. You have health, prosperity. You've got all these things going for you, and you're still miserable. Where's the spirit of glory? Well, that's what we. That's what we need to have. But you know what? We're forgetting these things. We're not renewing our mind in these things. You're always. You're always on social media, and there's always going to be somebody on social media who's a little better looking than you. It's a little better shape than you. It's got a nicer house than you. Got more money than you. It's going on a better vacation than you. Somebody's always going to have something a little better than you do. And you're always focusing on the things that you don't have instead of the things that you do have. You don't have a spirit of thankfulness. You're not praising God for anything. You know, we have a time of prayer requests and praise, and it's, you know, 99 prayer requests and maybe one praise. I mean, that's how, the, that's how these things typically go. But we ought to be people who are just always rejoicing. And there is no reason for us to be miserable people unless we have allowed our minds to be filled with bad spirits. The spirit of envy. The spirit, you know, the spirit of just lust, the spirit of greed. If those are the things that you've got going on, then yeah, you're going to be down. But you know what? There's a lot of people out there who they don't have much. Not much is going well for them. There's people in hospitals today that have the spirit of glory. I've told you before about the missionary we went to go see one time. His wife was in the hospital with leukemia. Me and two other preachers, uh, three other preachers said, hey, let's go visit this missionary and let's see if we can encourage them a little bit. And we walked out of there encouraged like you wouldn't believe. You know why? Because he had, the, he had way more of the Spirit of glory than we did. His wife had way more of the Spirit of glory than we did. We're there in the hospital, and they're just telling us about all the great things God's done. They're telling us about nurses that have gotten saved. They're telling us, I mean, I mean they're just in there just praising God. You know, we're just going there hoping we can just give them some encouragement, and they're just they're encouraging us. What's going on? They were full of the spirit of glory. They're praising God. He's telling us about stuff that's still going on in the mission field. They're, they're away. They're at home trying to save his wife's life from this leukemia that she's going through. But you know what? They're just still praising God because souls are still being saved. Ministries are still being blessed. Churches are still being started out there. And I'm just like... And we did. We walked out of there. And one of the passages said, you know what? My problems just don't really seem like much anymore. And you know what? All of a sudden now, we all have a little more of a victorious attitude. You know why? Because we got around somebody with the spirit of glory. And you know what? Rubbed off on us a little bit. We need to be around people like that. This is an important thing. The Apostle Paul in Philippians 4.11 says, Not that I speak in respect of what? For I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased. I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. What is, 
and he's and what are these things he's trying to do? Be content. And you know what? Nothing was based on the circumstances. Paul, it's like I'm content in any situation. You know why? Because contentment, like I said this morning, it is not about your situation. It is not about how much money you have in the bank. It's not even about your health. It's not about what good or bad thing is going on in your life. It is a it is a state of mind. It is a mindset. It is a spirit. And if you are not content, if you are not satisfied, it is your fault. And you, you've got to get a hold of that. We have got to get a hold of it. Whatever your issue is right now, whatever your, your problem is that you're having right now, when it comes to these things, you've got to understand it, this, is a, this is a spiritual problem, not in the sense of you just got these evil spirits that are coming after you, tormenting you, picking on you, and you didn't do nothing. It just kind of happens. No, you have allowed things in your mind or you have kept things that you need from coming into your mind and it's given you a bad spirit. Every miserable wretch on this planet thinks they're one good thing away from happiness. But again, the truth is you probably are one good thing away. It's just not the one good thing you think it is. That's all, that's all there is to it. And so then, we have the spirit of faith. 2 Corinthians 4.13 says, Seeing we have the same spirit of faith, According as it is written, I believed and therefore I have spoken and I have also believed and therefore speak. Knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus and shall be present with you. For all things are for your sakes that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. For which cause we faint not. But though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. So folks, now understand this isn't you know, American persecution they're going through. This is real persecution. These are real problems that these people had. And he said, though our outward man perish, while physically we're struggling, while physically we're struggling, not like those who haven't even resisted to, uh, to blood. I forgot what passage that was in. But he goes on to say, even though we're fainting on the outside, on the inside, we're renewed. On the inside, we're motivated. We're ready to fight another day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. That is that spirit of faith right now. That's looking beyond your current situation and looking forward to what God has promised. And folks, that's why we obey God. We obey God because we trust His ways. We have that spirit of faith. You say, you know, Brother Tommy, you know, are you sure you want to keep running the church the way you are? You know, I mean, look at the way things are going in this world. Look at all the changes and things people make. Listen, I have faith that if we do what God says, He'll bless us. That He'll take care of us. And so, you know what? I'm not just going to force myself through this and be miserable. No, I'm going to do it and I'm going to do it with joy. I'm going to do it with the spirit of faith. Looking ahead knowing that God is the one that's going to make things right. And that even if you know we never are successful as far as the world's standards go, we've got a millennial kingdom coming. I'm going to stand before God. I'm going to give an account for what, for what I preached. I'm going to give an account for what I've done as a pastor of this church. And if we have the spirit of faith, we live by the promises of God. And we'll do whatever God says, even if it kills us. Even if it means you go to prison. We're going to have that spirit of faith. Not only do we live by these things, 
Okay? We're not just forcing ourselves through these things. Okay? I'm not... And folks, you know, again, the things that I, I do, the way that I live, the way I pastor, the things I preach, okay, I'm not just forcing myself to do these. All right, Lord, you better be right. You know, I'm going to do it because your word says so, but just on the inside, I just, I'm really having some doubts right now. And you might feel that way sometimes. You might, you might feel that way every now and then, but when you're still feeling that way, Keep obeying, but you know what? You're not where you need to be. You need to have that spirit of faith. And when you have the spirit of faith, not only are you doing the right thing, but you're finding comfort in the promises of God. It calms you down. Hey, Lord, we got a lot of enemies right now. But, and, you know, and this doesn't seem fair what's going on. And you know what? When you have enemies and when you're not being treated fair, it's real easy to get tempted to go and take vengeance, but then not, but you know what? Faith, it does a couple things. Faith will make you trust God's Word where He says, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. And it will stop you from seeking out vengeance yourself. But not only will it stop you from seeking out vengeance yourself, it will also calm you down. When you have that spirit of faith, then you know what? God's going to take care of them. They're going to get what's coming to them. And you know what? You actually won't worry about it. You won't be like Jonah. Let me tell you something. There's a lot of people right now who have been wronged. And yeah, they've left it alone. They're not seeking vengeance themselves. But you know what they're doing? They're sitting off in the distance like Jonah watching Nineveh, waiting to see what God's going to do. You know what? That's not a good attitude to have either. You know what? Leave it in God's hands and walk away. And just forget about it. Forget about them. Don't sit there waiting to see what God does because if God doesn't do something in 40 days, you're going to throw a big hissy fit. And you know what? God did something about Nineveh 130 years later or something like that. But, you know, Jonah didn't get to see it, did he? But, you know what? God's justice was done. God didn't forget. So, uh, we need to be comforted. We need to rest in the promises of God. And if you're forcing yourself to do right, that's good. But if you're miserable and you're worried about the outcome in the process, you're not all the way there yet. You're not quite doing it right. You obviously don't have the spirit of faith and we've got to have that spirit of faith. And then the last one, real quick, the spirit of meekness. Galatians 5.1 says, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. So, the spirit of meekness, what is that? That's that attitude too that, you know, we don't want to go around, I guess the opposite when it comes to sin, we shouldn't go around with a cocky attitude thinking, oh, I would never do that sin. You know, I would never, I would never fall like that. Yeah, that one person, they fell in sin, but that would never be me. And then we're careless in our life. We're not watching. We're not walking circumspectly. We're being like fools instead of wise. We don't want to be that way. We should all have a serious attitude when it comes to sin and our ability to be overtaken in it. That's why we don't mess, I'm not going to mess around with drugs. I'm not going to mess around with alcohol. You know, my flesh is too prone to the things of the flesh. I'm not going to mess with that stuff. I'm going to have a spirit of meekness. I'm not going to have an attitude. I'll never be a drunk. There's no, I, I, I'm not going to have that attitude. I'll never be a drunk. I'm always going to protect myself. I'm always going to do what I can to stay away from those things. I'm not going to tempt myself. That's a, that's a bad attitude. We ought to have that spirit of meekness. First, uh, Corinthians 4.21 says, What will ye? 
Shall I come unto you with a rod or in love and in the spirit of meekness? And that's, you know, and that he, he's dealing with the situation in this church. And he's like, do you want me to come with a rod? Do you want me to come, I mean, just angry and just ready to let you have it for being such a sorry Christian? Or would you rather me come in the spirit of meekness? You know, in other, and so in other words, that would be like me, you know, if Austin commits some really bad sin, you know, what would he rather have? Me just come as like, what is wrong with you? You sorry, pathetic Christian. Are you even saved? Or would it make him feel better if I said, listen, you know, this is why we have to be careful. This is why we have some of these standards in our life. Because we, any of us are capable of falling into this, this temptation. You know, do you want me to have an attitude of you pathetic loser? I would never be as sorry as you. Or listen, this is why I do what I do. Because what you did, I could easily do that too. I don't want to fall in that temptation. That's that spirit of meekness. That, you know, that, you know, you know it, it, I've, and I've heard people explain it this way too, that it's like a strength under control. You know, we're just taking these things serious. You know, and if, if you are that tough guy, you know, you shouldn't have to go around proving it, beating everybody up. You know, you ought to be able to have, you should still be meekness. And, you know, you just be happy to know that if you need to take care of business, you could take care of business. But you don't have to prove it to everybody. You don't have to be showy about it. You don't always have to be doing something to provoke and to prove things. That's not a good attitude to have. And if you have that kind of attitude, you know what's going to happen? You're going to get in trouble. You're going to end up falling. You're going to end up messing up. The opposite of that spirit of meekness, you could say, would be a spirit of carelessness or even arrogance to just think we can't be taken down by certain sins. You know, there's, there's just some things I'm never going to mess with. And you know, it's real easy for us to, you know, see that druggie out there, to see that bum out there, to watch them staggering around. You know, I've seen some of these videos of just stuff going on in cities where you have these druggies and homeless people and just horrible things taking place. And you know, and it's real easy to just kind of look at that and think, wow, those sorry, pathetic scum. No, listen, when we, you see things like that, you know what it should do? Especially you young people, when you see that kind of thing, that should make you say, I will never do drugs. I mean, I'm telling you right now, that kind of stuff is one of my biggest motivations why I will never do drugs. And, and I don't think I'll ever do drugs. I'm not planning on doing drugs. But you know what? I've got to renew my mind in that area. I've got to renew my mind in that area. And you know what I'm not going to do? I'm not going to get arrogant about it. I'm not going to start testing the waters. Well, you know, I hear pot's not so bad. It's legal now. You know, listen, you know, we judge, we, we teach judging fruit around here. I've seen the fruit of potheads. I don't want none of that fruit. I don't want, I don't want, I don't want any of those things. It's not good. And let me tell you, as much as I've just struggled in my life with caffeine, and I have done fantastic with that this year. And then Brother Chris brought me the good Dr. Pepper today, all right, with real sugar. So I guess that's healthy. I don't know, you know, but you're trying to make me fall off the wagon. But folks, I know my struggles in that area. You think I'm messing with alcohol? You think I'm messing with drugs? There's, there's absolutely no way. I'm scared to death of that stuff. And that's, and that's the attitude we ought to have when it comes to those things. And so, we obviously haven't done an exhaustive list when it comes to these spirits. But hopefully, we've covered enough that will help you understand not just what the bad spirits are so you can identify them, but also the good spirits so you can pursue them. Hopefully you understand 
Not every time you see the word spirits in the Bible is it talking about some angelic or demonic entity. Watch out for the fast-talking pastors out there that will try to slip some stuff by you. Watch that. Watch them. They're tricky. I've listened to them. I've heard them make references to these things real quick. So it sounds like they're giving you all kinds of Bible. It's like, oh, time out. That's, that's just talking about a mindset right there, buddy. You know, this, I, I don't need... I don't, I don't need an exorcism for this, you know, necessarily, not the kind that they want to give you. You know what I need to do instead of, you know, if, if you want that spirit, some of these spirits we've been talking about, if you want to have a victorious spirit, you want to have a positive spirit, again, you would accomplish way more from turning off the news than you would having me come even pray over you. Hey, if you need prayed over, I'll pray over you. But you know what? Don't ask me to come pray for you and all your anxiety and Pastor, I need you to deliver me from the spirit of anxiety and the spirit of fear and worry. And then we, I, I go and I pray over you. We cry over you. We anoint you with oil. We do all kinds of stuff, man. We get everybody emotional, hyped up, everything. We put on a big show. And then you go home and you watch the news. You go home and you watch conspiracy videos. You, know, you go home and you watch Alex Jones. Ah! And then you're going crazy again. The spirit came back. I need another exorcism, Pastor. No, you don't. You need, me to, you need me to come to your house and take away your internet. You need me to come to your house and take away your television set. That's, that's what you need. And listen, some of y'all can handle it. You know, and I like a good conspiracy video. I'm not going to lie. I watch some of that stuff. But you know what? If I get up here in church and just every service, it's about, I find a way to slip in the latest conspiracy. You know, do you hear what's going on out in California right now? I've been talking about that stuff. Not from the pulpit. I'm, I'm all for that stuff. But if that's just, I'm saying, you know, folks, I don't even really know why we're even soul winning or anything right now. I mean, I think it's time to just start prepping and going into hiding and building our bomb shelter. Listen, folks, you know, that's when you might need to come to me as a pastor and say, all right, we're doing an exorcism on you, pastor, because you got the wrong spirits in you. You've got the spirit of Alex Jones. You know, you've got the spirit of, uh, you know, Tucker Carlson or whatever. And, you know, and, and we're, we're going to cast him out. And you say, how, how do you cast those things out? You take away my cell phone. You take away my computer. Uh, you know, that, those are the things that you're going to probably have to do. And, and, I don't, I, and hopefully you all don't need to do that to me. But hopefully you understand when it comes to these things. And so... Um, that a lot of your Bible was talking about spirits. It's the type of things we've been talking about today. And you know what? We need to get these things under control. Otherwise, these other, these big things that you want me to talk about, they're so far out of your league. You have no hope with those things. Let's get these things down first. So with that, let's pray to your Lord. I pray that this message was a help and a blessing to everyone. I pray it'll help us to pursue the right spirits. Lord, and that we will make these things a part of our life. We will, uh, we will live by these things and you'll help us to just be uh, a victorious people, Lord, and a generation of uh, already defeated people. In your name we pray. Amen.